listeners, and welcome to the AC Podcast. My name is Troy, and I am your host for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so excited to get into today's episode. I get to sit down with one of our very own adjunct speakers, Melanie Birda. Now, Melanie is one of our newest speakers, and trust me, by the end of this conversation, you're going to be wanting to figure out how to connect with her, have her come speak to your community. Because today we are talking about the power of testimony. We're talking about a rekindled faith. Melanie's story about how God radically changed her life, even when she was on the run, even when she wasn't looking for him. Well, we're going to get into that right away. But first, I got to let you know that on October 27th to the 29th, the Leadership Summit is happening. Out at Sasquatch Mountain near Agassiz, we're going to be in this beautiful mansion called the Green Giant. And it's true to its name, quite honestly. The application process is live for those who are around the ages of 19 to 30 who want to grow in their Christian leadership. What does it mean to be a thought leader? We're going to cover many of these topics and more. So we hope that you sign up today. Spots are filling up already and they're going to go fast. So make sure you head to apologeticscanada.com to apply today. I'm so honored to be your lead facilitator for the weekend. So I hope to meet you. Make sure you do what you got to do. Apologeticscanada.com slash events. Look for Leadership Summit. Fill out the application. And I hope to see you there. That's all for me. You know the drill. Now for the podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the AC Podcast. My name is Troy, your host for today's episode, and I am excited. Ladies, gentlemen, young people, maybe younger people, I don't know who all listens to the podcast when it comes to age demographic, okay? But to all of you out there, I am excited to introduce you guys for the first time on the AC Podcast, our dear friend, Melanie. Melanie, how do I properly pronounce your last name? Beerda. Melanie Beerda. Okay, good. Because I didn't want to butcher it because, I mean, there's archives of me ruining people's last names and I just did not want to add you to my hit list. So (laughs) Melanie, welcome to the AC Podcast. Thank you, Troy. It's an honor to be here with you today. It's fun having you on here because I think now we've, I, I think just the AC team in general, we've known you, I think it's probably been a year now, if not, if not longer. For those of you who don't know, Melanie is an OG when it comes to like engaging with the AC podcast. She is one of the faithful that we see always sharing, always commenting, and we appreciate her a lot. But we didn't bring her on here to have her talk about the AC podcast necessarily. But I want to give you guys just a quick background of Melanie, and we're going to get into her story her story of ministry, her story of faith. It's its really compelling. And we just wanted this opportunity to share this with you guys, because as I mentioned, Melanie is one of our adjunct speakers. She is also an, an addiction support worker and youth worker specializing with at-risk youth. She has had the privilege of walking alongside many who have experienced abuse, exploitation, addiction, and mental health challenges, essentially the ones society has claimed are too far gone. Melanie has has discovered a common thread of misrepresentation of God leading them to resent him and those who identify as Christians. This was the catalyst for Melanie's personal ministry approach through such avenues as social media, and all with the intention of empowering burnt out Christians to rekindle their faith. Melanie is currently working on a Christian nonfiction book, which we are going to get into because I'm excited to hear about that facilitating a women's weekly Bible study, hosting a monthly ladies night and serving at church as a greeter, a member of the women's ministry leadership team, and as a table leader for the questioning Christianity course, which many of you already know, Andy is uh, one of the facilitators for that. 
And lastly, on her long list of things that she is doing, she is also a volunteer with Search and Rescue as a team leader, swift water rescue technician, boat operator, and lead ground search and rescue instructor. What on earth? Just a G.I. Jane for the gospel. Like, oh, my word. How? I guess I don't like to miss out. I like yeah. to have fun. Good. I remember I was looking at your, your bio and I was reading and then I was like, wait a minute, swift water rescue technician? Then I looked it up and I was like, okay, okay. So if I'm ever in a situation at the leadership summit and there's just swift waters, we are in very good hands because Melanie can save us all. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes. So your bio has, has clearly got you saying that, you, you know, your hands are in, in a lot of things. Has it always kind of been that, like you were always growing up, just kind of always wanted to be a part of stuff, kind of multifaceted in a lot of areas? Uh, quite the opposite. I think growing up, I had a lot of insecurity and mm. I held myself back from participating in a lot of things that I would have liked to yeah. just because of that fear and that insecurity of uh, presenting myself as an idiot or a failure at whatever <laughs> I was trying to do. So yeah. I think now as a grown up and like in my relationship with Christ, I've just really pressed into trying new things and challenging myself in things that I'm just curious about because, you know, life is not a long thing. You know, we have one mm -hmm. shot at this and right. really I'm not willing to sit on the sidelines anymore and miss out on the game. Sheesh. Well, there you go. There you go. I, I remember someone told me a long time ago, they were talking about life and they were just saying, Troy, you can't be so hard on yourself because you've only done this one time. <laughs> this is your first time doing this. And I was like, oh, right. I guess I'm not like, I don't believe in like reincarnation and I have not been, did not come back as a different person. So I do need to be easier on myself. But like you said, life is, life is pretty short and we just never know um, the twists and turns that we could take. But as you were talking about, you're saying your faith has played a big approach to the way you kind of navigate things now. I'd love, I'd love to know, like, how did you, how did you come to know Christ? Uh, yeah, well, I grew up in a Christian house. So I grew up going to Sunday school and going to church on Sundays, getting dressed up, wearing those frilly white socks. <laughs> yeah. And then like youth group, girls club, all the things. And in high school, I was at a private school, a private Christian school. So I grew up around faith my whole life. Mm. And I do think that I did have somewhat of a relationship with God in my childhood. Yeah. But the enemy really thwarted that relationship with my story of being adopted and then also facing uh, childhood sexual trauma. Mm. And so that really like built in that insecurity within myself. And then as a teenager and everything, I just felt felt like I, I would never be lovable or measure up to anything. So I really plunged into the party scene for a few years there. Mm. So really what catapulted my relationship with God was just hitting that rock bottom that people talk about yeah. where the alcohol and the party life just wasn't cutting it anymore. And I had this recognition in my spirit that I'm made for something more like this mm. isn't where I want to be stuck for the rest of my life. And I knew that if I kept on this path and it would just get darker. Just to track for a moment, what was that like for you? You were saying you had this moment in your, just a moment in your spirit. Like, can you kind of describe that for us? Cause I know it can be different for everybody, right? What was, what was that like for you? Yeah, it's great. So it was Thanksgiving weekend and I told my mom and my dad that I couldn't go to the Island and visit my grandma because I had to work. And I told my work that I couldn't go 
to work because I had to go to the island to visit my grandma. Hopefully you're tracking <laughs> with me there. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> yeah. So then that weekend, I just, I had the weekend away from responsibility and I partied with my friends. And then, you know, at the end of that, I just, I was looking for something to take the edge off. I was rummaging through my room, trying to find a bottle of beer or something. And I just had so much overwhelming anxiety in that moment. And, um, mm. I just fell to my knees in an instant. I just fell to my knees and I just felt like the entire world came crashing down on my shoulders. And I just cried out to God and I just said, God, I need help. And it was like in an instant, he washed over me with this feeling of peace and reassurance in my spirit. And it was like that anxiety that I was holding on to for so long, just, just broke apart in that moment. And I just started crying and melting into the floorboards of my room and, you know, just being held in the embrace of, of the God that never stopped pursuing me. Mm. You know, I love, I love hearing testimonies like that because not to, not to discredit anyone's experience coming to Jesus, but there's definitely something that hits different about people who get hit by the Holy Spirit when they're not at a church event when they're not at a ministry event, you know, uh, they're not sitting with a pastor or even a loved one, you know, just those moments where God just literally arrests you in a moment, because I, I think people need to hear and be reminded that God does that, right? He can absolutely reach you at a ministry event. But I think there is also a generation that unfortunately thinks that that's the only way that he is arresting his sons and daughters. And so that's really, that's really interesting to to hear about that. And so, okay. So from this moment now, you've had this, this, this moment, what, what did you do next? Yeah. So next I, uh, called my mom at work. I was 21 at this time and I was still living with my parents. So I called my mom and she, she like finally answered the phone. It took her a few calls, but all I said to her was mom, I need help. And she just said, I'm coming home. And so she came home and I was like frantically like pacing the kitchen, like just with just like not knowing what the future would hold and not knowing how God was going to move or if he was going to move, you know, like I was mm. just really at a place of, of just not knowing. Yeah. And then from that process, my mom and I, like I gave her my cell phone. I got off social media. I stopped talking to my friends. They would like later, I knew that they had texted me thinking that I had died or something. Uh, but yeah, I just totally walked off the face of the planet wow. and I ended up looking for a recovery house. So I, I went into a recovery house and the program was three months, but I ended up staying for seven months because I really wanted to ensure that I wouldn't fall flat on my face. Mm. And next month will be 13 years. So come on, somebody. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, you. So, you know, all glory goes to God. Let's be, let's be out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that is, it, it's really interesting because I hear, you know, you talk about, you know, some of the, the avenues that, that you took and, you know, for myself be also being adopted. It's really interesting how the reoccurring theme with adoptees is this, there is that abandonment, that feeling of abandonment, which kind of leads us into whatever people group or situation that is going to make us feel like we got a tight knit group that, I don't know, I guess uh, we feel like we, we get to dictate the terms of, right? Because I think, everyone's adoption situation is different, but at the core of it, there's a reality that someone gave you up and 
I wrestled with that for for many, many years. And to be completely honest with people, even as an adult now, and I got I got two kids, there's still aspects of that adoption trauma situation that still come out even now, but I just have the better tools to 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 deal with it. Tell us a little bit more about your adoption story. Yeah, so I was adopted at 10 days old. My biological mother recognized that she was not in a position where she could care for a child. Mm -hmm. Um, She was married previously, and so I have a half-brother and a half-sister that are 10 years older than me, Mm -hmm. and she she was divorced from that man, so now Uh, She found herself pregnant and just not in a state of being able to care for me. And she wanted to give me a mom and a dad in a Christian home that could love me as their own. And I can say that. um, That's incredible. Yeah. And I have, I have overwhelming respect and admiration for her decision. I know that abortion was an option that was brought forward to her Mm. and having like, like you said, like having my own kids now, I can't imagine being at a place of having to give up my child for adoption to a family and a life I have no control over. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what resonates with me. I mean, I see my son, he's he's about to be three. But when he was about, I see he was about because I was adopted at about a year and a half. And I remember looking at him at this little boy and thinking, oh, my gosh, this this was the age I was adopted at. I have no connection to my biological um, family. Do you have connection with your your biological mom? Yeah, I do. So I have like I have contact with my biological mom, um, my biological sister, and I are pretty close. Wow. Um, unfortunately, my biological brother died of uh, overdose just about two years ago now. Oh so we've gosh. lost him. Um, I do not have contact with my father's side, and I. I know who they are, but I choose not to have contact mm. because they were not kind at all to my mom when she disclosed about the pregnancy. Mm. And I thank God that he saved me from the things that could have come as a result of being in contact with him. But wow. he is also dead. He um, he passed away when I, I think I was about four years old. So Oh, wow. Sheesh. So given your story... Is that one of the reasons why you went into youth working? I am a stay-at-home mom now, so that's why I have all of the other things on the go. Okay, okay. I'm mom, and then I just, I don't know what else, all the things. Yeah. Um, But yeah, youth work, I guess so. Um, At the heart of it, I think because of the sexual trauma I experienced as a child, um, I have a really big heart for human trafficking victims. Mm. Um, and just being able to expose that industry as it is a very large industry. Yeah. And I really like, it's kind of strange because I hated high school and I vowed never to go back. And I, and I didn't want to be around high school kids, mm-hmm. but then I just found myself in a position of, you know, like I get it. I get what it's like to be in those places of, yeah. you know, hating yourself and struggling with your identity and trying to measure up to an invisible line that society places before you. Yeah. And, and I just, I just get that, that soul ache inside. Right. So I like to think maybe God can use my words and my story and just my perspective to shine a light in the lives of those people that are essentially where I, I could have been and in part where I was. That's good. I think there's definitely something to be said about a person who has, you know, gone through a deep trauma as you have. You maybe not maybe not always have the words, but at the bare minimum, you you can have a listening ear to someone who may be going through it, because there's some people 
those stories that if you've never been through anything of that nature or know anyone close to you, it, it can make your skin crawl. It can make it very difficult. You feel helpless, right? Like, what am I? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to say? And the beautiful thing is, when you're a person who has gone through, but you there has been a healing and a or you're in the process of healing, you're you're a better listener, right? Because mm -hmm. you understand the value of words in certain moments that there really just aren't always words for these situations, and um, that's that's really cool. I did I did youth working for just about six years. Spent a lot of time over 10 years in camp ministry. And, you know, some of the kids that you work with, it's just unbelievable what young people have to go through or can go through before they're even, you know, even have their driver's license, right? It's this, this life really is, as we were mentioning, is, is such a flash in the pan. I want to get a little bit more into your, some of the things that you, you've had going on. So for those that don't know, Melanie is also a growing social media presence. There's so many people that are doing TikTok and Twitter and YouTube and all these, these different resources. How have you been finding the, the social media component of what you've been doing in ministry? I found it kind of interesting because truly, I would much rather just sit on my couch and not have social media at all and um, just, you know, do my own thing. Mm -hmm. But I really felt God like pressing on me that I needed to start opening up about my story and making it available to people. Mm. And so it's kind of been like, I've had my Instagram and my Facebook page for about two years now, I believe. And then I tried TikTok last year and my following did blow up. But I just found with young kids, it's just not manageable. I can't have a phone in front of my face all the time. I don't want to. Yeah. So yeah. I've really pressed into having like focusing more so on my Instagram and my Facebook. And then I also have my website. And then I have a blog on my website that I post when I can. But mom life comes first. That's but, right. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting world, social media. There's definitely a lot of really beautiful things on there. And then there's a lot of learning curves and interesting people with interesting uh, perceptions about who God is, I find. Mm -hmm. But I do have to say that even in the people that have come against me and attacked me, like all through my faith, but specifically on social media, it's just given me an opportunity to really see the heart of the issue and what people are struggling with yeah. and not attack them for it, but just try to get down to their level and understand where they're coming from and hopefully allow my responses to be a light, essentially. Yeah, that that's the one component of social media that is, it's a tough conversation to have, right? Because on one hand, there's obvious benefits. And, you know, there's a lot of great stuff on social media, but it's just this fine line, right? Where the 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 algorithm is so insane the wrong video comes over your feed and you're like, wait a minute, what is this? Just a little too long? When your curiosity calls you to a little too long, the next thing you know, you're just flooded with stuff that you like, wait a minute, how did we get, how did we get here? And I always, I always ask, you know, especially Christian influencers that, you know, how do you handle um, the, the challenges of trying to create a content that combats the negative? I've definitely um, hit points in my social media life that I've just had to like step away and remove yeah. myself because there is a lot of controversy. There is a lot of darkness. There's a lot of us versus them culture. 
and like people will share their story, which could be empowering. But then you have the comment section that totally berates that person's point of view. And it's just like, can't we just get to a place where we can give people the space to share their experience and ask questions about it and Mm -hmm. get to know why they're there? That's what I don't understand about it. It's like we're all in this crazy race to just climb to the top of the ladder and woe is me. My victim story is better than yours because I've been through more than you have. Mm. And instead of just giving people the space to share their experience and for us to be able to listen and meet them there. Yeah. Gaslighting on social media is a real thing. (laughs) It's, it, it, it makes no sense to be comparing traumas and what people have been through, you know, um, you know, you were mentioning how you, you, had to hit rock bottom or the, you know, you hit rock bottom and that's when things started to change for you. There's a reality that rock bottom is different for everybody. You know, someone might be hearing this story and saying, well, I'm wrestling, but okay. My story is not like Melanie's. I, I haven't been through all, all that. Maybe I shouldn't complain. And it's like, wait, well, it's not even about having something to complain about. It's, I think it really comes down to, to God. It, it really comes down to us surrendering whatever our story is to God. And I think that is where where you have so many people walking with a very shallow faith because they don't believe that they've gone through anything so they don't feel like they have anything to hold on to but as you're i hope you guys are hearing melanie when she talks about it like your identity is not rooted in your in your trauma and and i would love to i I would love to hear just a little bit more about what that what that journey has been like for you yeah um yeah, so I was molested as a as a very young child for a number of years by a young boy that my uh, family was intending to adopt as well. Didn't work out. He didn't end up being adopted. I didn't tell my parents about that abuse until I was 18. That's when all of my drinking and everything started mm. to blow up because I just, between that and meeting my biological family, it's just like the can of worms was open and my emotions, I had no clue how to cope. Yeah. So I just kind of like ran away for a little bit and gave up on God and and took to the hills and it sucked and I came back. But anyways, as far as the trauma goes, I, um, yeah, like I said, like I didn't know how to cope with the emotions around it. And I found as a child, I had a lot of shame around it and I didn't want to rock the boat and come out and say what was going on because I wasn't sure what would happen and I didn't want to get into trouble. And I just think that's how the enemy really holds us into those spaces. Yeah, that's very common. But- Yeah. And then in adolescence and moving forward and everything, I just like, I didn't, I didn't know my value. I didn't know where I belonged. And I didn't believe that I belonged with anybody that would treat me with respect. So I really struggled with that part of it and everything. And then as I came into relationship with Christ at 21, I, I stepped back from everything. And I just started to really look at myself and look at what God had, what his intention was for me. And I think quite often people will just assume that, oh, Melanie had that, that, ah, God moment. And now everything in her life was just hunky dory perfect. And the reality (laughs) is that it's not like I've had to wake up every single day for the past almost 13 years and intentionally choose a relationship with Christ, Mm. intentionally choose to move past those hurts, that trauma, all of that chaos and all of those fears and those insecurities that came as a result of what had been done to me. Yeah. But it's really God gets all the glory because it's not anything that I've done just on my own willpower, but it's everything that God has done through me as I've woken up every day and made that decision to press into that relationship with him and really try to just move to the next step. Because 
for me, I've come to recognize that I, I can either have God and pursue that relationship with God, or I just have death and destruction. Mm. Like I've, I've walked hell on earth. I've, I've been to that place of hating myself so much and, you know, not believing in myself at all. And I know that that's not what God has for us as yeah. children of God and yeah. as his kids. And so I've just really had to like press into that. And I have gone and, and received like outside like counseling and, and stuff. Like I still see a counselor, um, you know, there's, it's interesting how trauma really weaves its way into your life. Even if it's just one event, mm-hmm. it can stay with you for your entire life if you allow it. Yeah. But yeah. So like, I see a counselor now and like, sometimes we talk about that and sometimes I just like talk about random stuff. Like, Hey, I thought about this. Like, what do you think that means? Or mm-hmm. let's talk about the psychology behind like this situation. And so let's, like, I've really enjoyed it. No, that's so good. I'm glad, I'm glad you went there because it's really intriguing because I'm seeing more and more Christians actually engage with the topic of talking about counseling, but it's, it's so taboo. It's still so taboo. And I would love to know your opinion. Why do you think that is? Well, I think it really just comes down to like, people just don't want to appear to be weak. Like they can't, they can't manage, they can't hold up the world around them. But, you know, I really, I really don't think that God intended us to walk alone. And I think Mm -hmm. that like quite often we will trust the wrong people with that that vulnerable side of ourselves and then we get hurt. Yeah. Whereas right. like for me, like I have a Christian counselor. So we talk about the God stuff. Yeah. Uh, she gives me Bible verses. We pray, you know, like it's just that safe zone where I can like talk to her about the things that I don't necessarily believe that I should be talking to other people about because I don't know where it's gonna go from there. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, like, I'm getting to know myself. I'm 34 years old and there's still things about myself. That I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that. Or, oh, I like that. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's, I believe God has just created us in this space of always being able to learn and move closer into relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope that the stigma around counseling gets shattered and es- people just, Especially you know, in the church. Yeah. Especially in the church. I think there's two extremes where one, you'll go to a counselor, you know, you'll tell them everything, you'll spill everything, but you won't actually really take that to God and commit it to the scriptures or, you know, your pastoral guidance and elder leadership, right? I, I, I believe that there are so many good reasons to go to a counselor in the sense of they can tell you how your brain is working cognitively, how you're processing things, the, the really maybe more the science of it, but then some practical ways that, you know, you can start to really look at these things deeper and start to try and translate them into your everyday life. But then the beautiful thing about God is, is he's like, yeah, I can take those practical things, but you apply it to my word and you submit that to me. Counseling is, man, it's just another gift of medicine that I have given people. And it's just really interesting why, how in the church that's still so taboo, because it's growing. Like, would, would you agree? Yeah, I, yeah, I really wish that it wasn't that way. And like, hopefully, hopefully we can change that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're starting to kind of get to, to, to the back end of things here. But I really want to get into this nonfiction book that you are writing. Tell us about this nonfiction book. Yeah, I am writing a, a Christian nonfiction book with the intention of empowering burnt out Christians to rekindle their faith. So my heart behind it is for the people that either have always gone to church and they just don't have that passion, that flame for God, and 
they just figure, hey, this is maybe just what it's supposed to be like. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's the person that was brought into the church and like converted into Christianity, but then kind of just left at that front door and they're not really sure why this God stuff isn't working. Uh, I have a huge heart for people that are struggling in their faith because I, I found in my own journey and also in the people that I've had the honor of walking alongside, a lot of times we treat God as if he's a genie mm-hmm. meant to grant our wishes and we don't actually engage in that relationship that he's inviting us to. We just assume that, hey, okay, I said yes to Jesus. Now everything's supposed to line up and fall into place and be perfect and I'm supposed to be happy and all the people in my life are supposed to do exactly what I think they should because now I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. right? And I think that both Christians and non-Christians assume that Christians are perfect or think they're perfect. But the reality is that we all come from a different space and God essentially just wants us to seek him in all things Mm -hmm. and really work on that relationship. And I've seen it in my own life where like, even just before this podcast, I had someone message me and like a few weeks ago, there were like like totally against God and like didn't want to talk about God and all the things. And like, I didn't press them or anything, but they've just engaged with my content. Mm -hmm. And then now, now they've accepted Christ. And they're like, I don't know why I wasn't wanting that relationship because now that I've said yes to it, I just, I feel at home. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I want, I want to be able to write a book that can help people understand that it's not just the these and thous and the old religious talk, but it's like, God is yearning longing for a relationship with you. He wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to know about your day, how that person irritated you or how you're feeling about your pet dying. Like he wants to engage in the little things and he also wants to be involved in the big things. Yeah. And I just want to be able to like get the book out there and help people rekindle their faith and get back to the basics of what God has actually intended it to be. Fundamentals. Yeah. And like with social media, like I I follow a lot of different content creators and like some of the Christians are like bashing the non-Christians and like fighting over things. And it's just like, is that what God has called us to do? Like just because Jesus went into the temple and flipped tables doesn't mean you get to go into Target and flip tables. You know what I mean? <laughs> Please leave Target alone, guys. Please leave Target. <laughs> leave Target alone. That's why and they we- couldn't stay here in Canada, because of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that's not, I don't know. Like, that's not how people reached me. Like, honestly, mm. God, God alone was the one that called me into relationship with him. So no human really gets the credit. But if I had people come up to me and just tell me, Oh, you're going to burn in hell for your lifestyle or like, like all of those things that I see Christians doing to people. It's like, if, if a salesman comes to your door and is like, you're going to burn in hell if you don't buy my vacuum, I'm not going to buy your vacuum, buddy. Like I have no interest in whatever it is you're selling. So kick rocks and get out of here. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You said something so simple but it's incredibly profound when we start thinking about evangelism, testimony, witness. You said, and I hope you guys hear this, I'm saying it again so you don't have to rewind. That's not how he reached me. Wow. Mm. So many of us forget how God met us, whether it was through a person or it was a Holy Ghost moment in a house where I was not looking for him when I was about to go and have a bender to tell lie to all my friends and family about where I was going to be, man, 
we cannot forsake our testimony or forget our own testimony. Oh my gosh, is that prideful? Mm. To assume that the same grace God gave us in waking us up to our need for him should not be applied to those on the other side, you know, to those that don't know him, because we were once that person, right? As Paul says, I was once an enemy of Christ. Saul, why are you persecuting me? We were once persecutors of the gospel. We were once persecutors of of Christ. And Melanie, that's such a good reminder because I love reading Paul's letters where he's constantly reminding people of where he came from. I do this because Christ did this for me. And wow, that, that, that really should resonate and hit people a little bit differently because that's a really good reminder. And I think uh, from from what we have got to see from you, whether it's been Leadership Summit or it's been uh, online, and I'm, I'm sure Andy with you at Questioning Christianity is you are one of those people that are absolutely letting your light shine. And we need more Melanies, people who do not withhold their testimony and are not letting themselves be bound by circumstance. Listeners, there may be many of you who who have a similar story to to Melanie. And, you know, if that were the case, Melanie, how would people be able to get connected with you? What would be the best way for someone to say, man, I resonate with her and I just want to connect with her? Yeah, well, I have a website, so it's melaniebeerda.ca. And then I also am on Instagram and Facebook, and my handle is at melanie.beerda. And then, yeah, you can, there's a, like a landing page for my, my website. I've got my blog there. I've got a contact form if you want to reach out. Um, if you want to book me to speak at your next event, which I'd love to do, then you can go do to it. the Apologetics Canada page, and you can request me to speak through that. Do it. Do it. Someone do it. right now is thinking like, oh, maybe I should do it. Just, just do it. I'll co-sign. Let's go. go. Uh, Melanie, as we're just wrapping up here, is there anything else that you would, um, you know, maybe is just kind of burning in your heart that God has just been really teaching you lately that you've been desiring to, to, to share with people? Yeah, I guess I would just encourage whoever's listening to just give God the space to show up as himself in your life today. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I find that quite often we have these unrealistic expectations of what that's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. And in my own faith journey, you know, it's in the most, like the strangest times that he just walks in and says, hey, what's up? And just to allow that to happen and remember that he says to be still and know. So don't allow that hustle culture to get you all wound up and running around like a chicken with its head cut off, like just be still and embrace the goodness of the God that is seeking after you. Even if you're trying to run from him, like I tried, mm. he's going to find you. He's gonna, you are not fast <laughs> enough. <laughs> you are not fast enough. Well, Melanie, thank you so much for joining us on the AC podcast. It is an honor to have you on here. And thank you so much for your vulnerability um, in sharing your story with our listeners. Listeners, I pray you were challenged and encouraged. If you, you are someone from the ages of 19 to right around 30, Melanie will actually be with us at our leadership summit and you can have more conversations with her there. She will be one of our facilitators at the leadership summit coming up October 27th to the 29th. And she's actually going to be sharing a little bit on that weekend. So again, please, please reach out to Melanie, connect with her, uh, apply for the leadership summit. If it's something that 
you know, if you're a young Christian thought leader and learn what a thought leader means. What on earth is a thought leader? We'll come to the Leadership Summit and I'm sure Melanie would love to have conversations with you. We would love to meet you. But the AC Podcast is a ministry of Apologetics Canada. And as always, we uh, appreciate all of our subscribers, whether it is on social media or on YouTube. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for engaging. Join us next week when we come back with more things to think about. But you know the drill. As always, love God, love people. Bye for now. It's the AC Podcast.